Hello and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Cathy O'Sullivan, Editor-in-Chief for CIO in the Asia-Pacific, and I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Andrew Haddad, who's Chief Information Officer for Vodafone New Zealand, which is soon to be known as One New Zealand. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm well, Cathy. It's good to be here. Great. Great to have you here. And in what's been a very interesting time for you and the Vodafone team, but with the the impact of Cyclone Gabrielle and uh, your response to it, and also the, the big rebrand. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, we're uh, very close to the rebrand. We've been working on this now for several months, um, and it's getting uh, very, very close. It's a very exciting time to be part of this organisation. Um, and with uh, Cyclone Gabrielle, yes, unfortunately, um, we had uh, we were quite disrupted. Our network was quite disrupted across the uh, across the country. Um, and I think what is impressive is um, how we, not only we, Vodafone, but also work with our um, our competitors and as an industry, made sure that we got connectivity back up as quickly as possible, as safely as possible uh, to those communities that, that, that need it the most. Yeah, indeed. It was, it was great to see that response. So can you tell us a little bit more about your role as CIO and what your team at Vodafone seem to be one New Zealand do there? Yeah, um, I've got a brilliant team um, of about 700 um, technologists. It's made up of um, permanent staff, contractors, uh, and also also partners. Uh, and we look after both our customer-facing systems as well as, as, well as our you know, core um, telco platforms, those that sort of uh, drive our operation. Um, we, we recently separated from Vodafone Group, um, part of our ecosystem, was using um, tools and systems from Vodafone Group. And so we recently separated and stood up our own ERP, our own digital workplace uh, for 6,000 uh, users. So it's quite, a, uh, it's quite a broad set of tools and systems that I look after and the team looks after. Um, and I'm also the, the sponsor of our Agile Ways of Working, which we call uh, Mahi Tahi. Great. So, I mean, transformation is a massive part of what you've been doing there at Vodafone with, with pulling away from, from the, um, the parent group. And also transformation has been a huge part of your career. Indeed, you've had many titles with, with transformation in it. So, you know, the word transformation, Andrew, it's thrown around quite a bit as if, you know, it's just happening every day and it's just something everyone is doing. But in reality, it's it's not easy. It's not a given. So can you talk us through how that approach has taken shape in your own career? Yeah, I think uh, probably one of the, the, the most um, ob obvious observations would have to be uh, the nature within which we engage with the business. It used to be fairly transactional, uh, meaning we would sit there and wait for the business to give us their requirements and we'd go away and build something and then come back. Um, it is far more collaborative now. Um, you know, IT are the business. We have a very interesting perspective of how the business operates. You know, we see all of the transactions and all of the operations through our systems, but equally the business are becoming, you know, far more tech savvy. Uh, so they want to provide input. They want to be involved in, in technology decisions. And so, you know, cross-functional teams um, are becoming far more powerful, I think, uh, in this day and age. Um, and we often talk about, um, you know, business-led and, uh, you know, technology being a key enabler. Uh, and that's true. But I think, you know, the adoption of any technology that we put in is probably the most important um, facet of any transformation. And it can't be the, the technology on its own. It needs to be the customer journeys, the process. And, of course, more and more we're seeing data 
analytics uh, and, I, and AI playing a more important part in how companies are transforming. So just digging into that a little bit more. Um, so when you walk back from that end product of transformation, whether it's, you know, putting in an ERP or, you know, putting in some, some major change, what do you think from your experience are some of the key steps CIOs must take along the way? Uh, there certainly needs to be a desire for change um, and it has to come from the top, um, not only from the CEO, but, but from the board of the organisation. You know, I personally spend a lot of time with the board uh, talking about our IT strategy, about our roadmap, um, and keeping them informed on some of the key initiatives that we have going on. Um, I'd say for a CIO, um, where we can, the role that we can play in these kind of transformations is being clear on the why. In fact, that's true for any program, big or small, um, being clear on the why, um, helping to set the vision um, and the goal. Um, I also add trusted comms in there. Um, so it's very easy for um, for people to remember to communicate. I, I add the word trusted. Um, and what I mean by that is um, being repetitive, using the same words to ensure that there's no room for misinterpretation um, for what we as leaders are saying. Um, making sure we have the right capability. Um, when you're transforming an organisation through technology, um, that technology landscape is changing. It's important to remember to invest in uplifting the the, the skills of the team that you've, you've got, uh, bringing in capability, um, and that may also be through uh, through partnerships, um, and then giving those teams the environment um, to be successful, whether that be through uh, you know the tools or the processes, uh, or even the workspace uh, may need to be adjusted to make sure uh, that they're getting the best uh, environment for them to be successful. Um, and I'll probably add to that um, the measures and controls, ensuring that uh, whilst not being overbearing, making sure that the program of transformation put the right measures and controls along the way uh, to make sure that we're on track. So just on that, you know, any change can be hard for people. What are some of the kind of common roadblocks that you've um, encountered along the way that CIO should be aware of when they're setting out on a transformation journey and either try and avoid along the way or have a plan in place? Yeah. Um, I guess more recently, um, one thing that's certainly true, you know, I have a very big technology ecosystem and there's quite a spectrum of, uh, you know, from legacy all the, all the way through to the latest and greatest. Uh, sometimes when dealing with some of that legacy, uh, there is lack of documentation. Um, there is lack of IP within the business, and that can add time, but it can also um, add risk uh, to a program. So you've got to factor that in. You do have to build that into your planning. Um, it's also important um, when talking to industry, learning from um, technology partners, um, and just being careful and clear and maybe cautious about the promise of how easy that technology is. Uh, whilst there's many great technology products out there, um, it's never the technology that's the that's the um, the hard thing. It's usually the implementation, the integration, not only from a technical perspective, but probably more specifically from a, a change perspective. That's usually the biggest challenge that I find. Uh, change is hard, um, and for large organisations, you know, we have six thousand people uh, uh, in our ecosystem, um, and when you're changing their tools and the processes and the way they work, 
Uh, that's probably the biggest uh, challenge that any technology leader would be facing. Absolutely. So then when you think about transformation, Andrea, do you see it as just an ongoing development within any organization or do you like to see transformation as a project with, you know, milestones and deadlines and celebrating the wins? Where, where do you stand on that? Look, if you, if you asked me this question earlier on in my career, I would have said it's easier to think of it as a project. Um, uh, but now in, in the executive role that I, that I play, um, it certainly needs to be an ongoing, uh, continuous improvement part of the way we work. Um, so no, I don't think there should be a, uh, an end date. Um, the reason for that is I think any organisation that thinks of it like that, that, that way will quickly become less relevant in the marketplace. Um, I do, however, think it's important um, to transform in a sustainable way so as to not burn people out and, uh, you know, stop, pause um, at, uh, at key milestones to celebrate the journey that you're on um, instead of forgetting about uh, all the hard work that people have put in and continuously looking forward. It is really important just to stop and celebrate. Absolutely. Change fatigue is a real thing, isn't it? Absolutely. So um, you mentioned this earlier in, you know, um, transformation is a collaborative process. So in what ways do you as CIO collaborate and influence um, the Vodafone leadership team and, and the wider organization? Yeah, I've got, a, I've got an interesting role in a, in a telco. You know, I, I work with very uh, tech-savvy executive, uh, as part of tech-savvy executive team. Um, and look, we are... Uh, I guess the way I think of these things is, you know, the business strategy shouldn't be different to the technology strategy. They should be one in the same. Um, and as an executive team, we've worked very hard to make sure that we're aligned on that strategy, on the vision, um, and we have a number of shared goals um, to make sure that we 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 are aligned um, in terms of uh, in terms of how we're going. For my team, um, I develop and produce what I call a team operating plan each year. And that makes sure that the way we're working, our key initiatives, our OKRs, are aligned to uh, one of our key um, strategic pillars. So we've got four strategic pillars in Vodafone, and one of them is around remarkable simplicity. Uh, and so I make sure that a big part of what we do aligns to that. Uh, the second thing I'll say is I touched on earlier our ways of working program called Mahi Tahi. And I think that is going a long way, and will continue to go a long way to making sure that we are bringing technology teams and business teams together that allow our technologists to have a, a better understanding of um, the business outcome and value that they're creating uh, and also for our business leaders to have a better appreciation of sometimes some of the complexities uh, of dealing with some of the legacy technologies um, um, that, that, that our teams have to go through. Now, you moved to New Zealand in a, in a very interesting time just before the pandemic. How do you think the role of CIO has changed since we all had to, you know, work from home overnight? Yeah. Um, again, I think I've been fortunate in that uh, being in a telecommunications company, you know, what we do for our customers is around mobility and, and connectivity. Um, and so uh, we were put to the test. Um, and I guess it, it worked for us. It was a relatively seamless transition for our uh, for our staff. You know, we did need to make some changes. Our retail stores were shut down. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to move those staff into different support roles for our customers. 
Um, and equally for our offshore teams, uh, they, were, they all needed to move to work from home and we needed to, needed to make some changes uh, for them. So, you know, I think for technology leaders, CIOs, um, we need to be agile. Um, technology is constantly changing. This pandemic just hit us pretty quickly um, and uh, was fairly unprecedented. So um, I guess I was fortunate enough to be in, in telecommunications in this industry. Um, the digital tools um, and the digital workplace that we've got gives our people the ability to work from anywhere securely, frankly. And as part of our um, uh, freedom framework for our staff, uh, they can choose to work 20 days from anywhere in the world, um, which is really part of the flexibility that we've got. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, it keeps us on our toes. Hopefully we don't have another one of these again. Here's hoping. So um, you mentioned earlier, you know, cross-functional teams are becoming more and more of um, how, how businesses are operating now with their technology um, part of, of different business functions. So what do you think are some of the key attributes of a modern day CIO when it comes to leadership? Definitely the strategic aspect, strategic thinking, as I touched on earlier, the business strategy shouldn't be a separate thing to the technology strategy. For many organisations, they should be one and the same. Um, stakeholder management is changing. And again, it's more for me around stakeholder collaboration. Um, it can't be a transactional engagement. Um, we need to be working hand in glove um, with other senior leaders in the organisation. Um, being clear on who our customers are. And I often tell my staff, you know, our customers are anybody that uses our um, our technology. And they could be internal or external. Uh, they could also be some of our partners. Um, having clear vision um, and being innovative. So no question that, uh, that the business should see us, hopefully, as the um, technology advisor and um, that partner that can bring innovation to, to the business. Um, and, of course, uh, leadership and communication. So, you know, all of those things I've just rattled off are no different to any other uh, executive member, I would say. Um, you know, it's just that mine is uh, more technical in nature. I'm sure theirs is technical in a different way. But, you know, those attributes really no different to any other executive role. So one thing that a lot of CIOs are struggling with at the moment is, you know, that that war for talent. You know, there's a lot of roles that need to be filled and not enough staff to to carry out those roles. So what are you doing to create that internal culture that really makes people thrive in their roles at Vodafone One New Zealand and, and makes them feel like they're really achieving those professional and personal goals? Yeah. Look, I, I touched on, you know, trying to align our plans and our OKRs and our goals to the, the company's goals. And I think they are fund that's a fundamental thing that uh, any leader should be doing. Um, having a fairly technical team, um, we've uh, leveraged the Sophia model. It's a capability framework to help map out um, those competencies of the various roles that we have in our organisation. It's a fairly detailed model. Um, it's probably a, a little too detailed for an organisation of our size, but we've taken the key elements of that to try to map out a career path um, for the various roles that we've got within the team that can show people how they can move about within the IT department, um, but equally um, into, other, into other parts of the organisation. Um, as part of our um, regular one-on-ones, um, you know, we train and coach our people leaders 
that they need to be having not only goal setting and performance type conversations with their with their team, um, but also around development and career conversations. And that's one because we 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 should care, but also because we want to be able to surface um, where where somebody wants to take their their um, uh, their, their career. Now, as part of all the change or transformation that we transformation journey that we are on, that will always inherently create opportunities for people. And so having those conversations is a really important part and a really important input to meaning that we can help guide people into certain roles or certain um, career paths if that's what they want to do. And we've also invested quite heavily in training. And that could be a combination or has been a combination of um, technical training as we've introduced new technologies into our ecosystem, uh, certain roles. So whether there are uh, you know, tribe lead or product owner or scrum master or chapter lead, um, certain role training, uh, and also leadership. You know, leadership training as we roll out our agile ways of working uh, is also evolving. And so giving people that uh, that broader breadth of skills uh, in how do you lead with, you know, in matrix teams or, you know, hybrid environments is a very important part um, of, of what we're doing for our team. And another important component when it comes to high performance teams is, you know, diversity. The more diverse your team is, the more likely it is to be a high performing team. And here in New Zealand, you know, we've got, I think it's something like less than 8% of our workforce is Maori and Pacifica, for example, even though it's um, more than 25% of the population. So why do you think we don't have enough diversity in IT roles? And are there any practical things we can do to attract more people from different communities, different ways of thinking, different you know, um, genders um, into, into um, IT here in New Zealand? Yeah, that's... Uh... Look, it's a very important question, and I think the first thing we should be doing is talking about it and surfacing uh, that we should be doing more. Um, and um, there wouldn't be an organisation that uh, uh, that that shouldn't uh, appreciate diversity, diversity of all types, whether it be you know ethnicity or, or gender or, or, or race or, or religion uh, or experience or age you know, is becoming more and more of a uh, more and more of a factor. You know, very often what we're doing is is looking at when we're bringing in people into, into the organisation through recruitment, is working with our partners and making sure that we're taking the time um, to look at um, uh, maybe some of the, uh, you know, looking at different genders, for example, making sure that we're getting a good mix um, of resumes and candidates across our, across our table um, within the organisation. So making sure that we are, you know, training and looking for talent, not only within IT, but also... Um, within um, other parts of the um, uh, of the organisation, I've got a, a woman in my team who actually started in our retail stores, who, who's now working as part of the IT team. Um, I'm personally uh, involved in some of what we call the employee network. So I'm the executive sponsor for our uh, Vodafone Chinese community um, and our Pacifica uh, community, uh, which is really cool. And you know, having that that connection with uh, members of those networks from other departments means that maybe they're more comfortable in having conversations with me about potentially moving into a into a technical role. Um, and the third thing I think many organisations should be doing, or all organisations should be doing, is working with educational institutes um, on uh, institutions on uh, you know getting that the correct blend or a better blend of uh, of those students 
uh, taking up STEM courses. So, Andrew, when you reflect back on your own career, are there any kind of mistakes that stand out that even though they might be uncomfortable to think about, (laughs) they really um, shaped you as a leader and in hindsight were really valuable? This is a a big question, Cathy. This is a very big question. How honest do you want me to be? Look, um, it's easy to get, you know, I guess many technology leaders are, are good problem solvers. And uh, I'd like to think that I am as well. And it's very important. It's very easy to just rush off and start solving the problem. And, uh, you know, one of the lessons I've learned in my time is just how important it is to understand the problem statement, making sure that we have good data that backs up and supports that problem um, before we run off and solve it. And so, uh, you know, establishing a program setting it up you know it goes back to my why um, if you if you if you don't understand the problem statement you don't have the data to back it up it's always going to be very difficult to explain that why and the vision whether it's to the board or whether it's uh, it's to the team um, so I guess I you know at times I, 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 I'm sure I have cut corners um, but the more successful programs that I've run are those that have been set up properly uh, we've taken the time to set up the governance. You know, I, I often say to, to my team, you know, governance should be able to answer one very, very simple question, and that is, are we on track? And it's a very important question because without a plan, without knowing where you are on that plan, you can't answer it. But that very simple question, you know, can, can, can be the difference between a healthy program and an unhealthy program. So for someone who was aspiring to be uh, a CIO or a CDO or a CTO, what advice would you give them? Be clear on who your customers are, uh, uh, you know, internal, external, engage them for a, a you know, voice of the customer. Um, don't be shy to sit down almost in an interview setting and, and ask them what's important to them, what their drivers are. Um, but also don't, you know, don't sit back, don't be scared to be a little bit innovative. Um, you know, as I, as I touched on earlier on in my career, it was, uh, you know, the model was far more transactional. You know, we sat there with a blank piece of paper and waited for somebody to give us requirements before we went away and, 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 and built something. It's very different these days. Um, and we need to be more consultative um, and, and, you know, hold hands with our stakeholders and lead them through the change. And finally then, Andrew, what's important to you in the months ahead? Our brand change is definitely one of the biggest and most exciting things uh, that we're working on. Um, but, you know, the, the group separation for us last year was a really big aspect that's helped set us up for that, uh, that brand change. Um, but the key thing for us beyond that is digitization and simplification. Um, you know, there's still quite a lot to clean up in terms of, um, in terms of our system eco, um, ecosystem uh, and, and the, ways of, uh, the ways we're operating. And so, uh, yeah, it's exciting times to try to simplify. Well, we look forward to saying kakite to uh, Vodafone New Zealand and kia ora to One New Zealand. Andrew Haddad, thank you so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you, Kathy.